This is uh, an Antonia Carlotta Presents Credit Score podcast starring Antonia Carlotta, <laughs> produced by... Antonia Ant- Carlotta. Right. And then, like, some other people are here, too. Yeah. yeah. Our favorite part of the movie or show are the credits at the start and the end. The songs are like a long-lost friend. Credits score. Where credits get the credit they're due. We're recording. Wow. Gary. You waited a it full is, four seconds to I like to I like to um have our listeners anticipate I thought you were the gonna do intro. something really extravagant, like as you were setting it up and I was just silent waiting this time and nothing. Just we're recording. I'm gonna really? do it, I'm gonna do it again right now. <laughs> Huge letdown. Nothing makes for a good podcast like some silence. I thought you were gonna go like, <laughs> We're alive. Why would I we're do that, alive. Gary? Uh, Why would I do that? Maybe a little something to do with the episode we're doing today. Yeah. We're doing Perhaps. uh the oldest movie opening credits we've ever done before. Yes, yes. Right out, of, right in the, barely made the 1930s, yeah. 1931. So I think yeah. it's our oldest by about 30 years, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Do you think we've done anything in the 50s? No, I don't think 40s? so. I think that's, 60s that, was that sounds about right. right to me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, anyways. Do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah. Welcome to Credit Score, everybody. My name is Gary Dudak. I'm Max Miller. We are your co-hosts. Uh, to give credits the credit they're due. Yeah, we're uh, doing the uh, Frankenstein opening credits. 1931, um, the yeah. iconic horror movie, and we have an iconic guest. We do. Is that good? Is that fair? I, th- I think you're iconic. That is more than fair. <laughs> <laughs> she'll, she'll take it. <laughs> uh, thank you for being here. Would you like to introduce yourself? Thank you for having me. Yeah, my <laughs> name is Antonia Carlotta. We had to bring in an expert. For yes. these credits, yeah, because like I said, Gary and I are a couple of numbskulls. Yeah, and I haven't seen this entire movie. I don't think in my entire life. Like, still, you haven't. Well, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit more about that later. But yeah, so you are the niece of Carl Lemley, who founded Universal Pictures, Universal Studios. So, which niece are you? Like, great, great niece? It's, How's that? Yeah, work? great, it- great niece. So it would be my great grandfather's uncle. Got it. Got it. Carl okay. Lemley. Got it. Carl Lemley is the founder of Universal Pictures, and then his son was Carl Lemley Jr. Yes, who like took over as far as like he was the he was gifted control of the studio for his twenty first birthday. Wow, he was that young. Ooh, yes, oh, that is a nice twenty first yeah. birthday gift. Which and and at the time, a lot of people said, you know, well, it's it's nepotism, you know, and what a great <laughs> <course>. gift. But <laughs> also, Junior had grown up working at Universal, even from the time that he was ten and eleven years old. You know, he was going into meetings with his dad and and writing notes on scripts and production. So there was actually nobody more qualified wow. to take over. And back then, like twenty one years old was actually probably like forty, to be honest. Like, yeah, <laughs> with, with, as, with as much experience as he had and stuff. So and life expectancy and whatnot. But he he like oversaw like some of the biggest movies though from that time. Absolutely, and he's he's the reason that Universal did the horror movies that yeah. they're known for today. He's he's a little bit of a controversial figure though when you go back because he was the one that said instead of making instead of just churning out film after film why don't we do bigger productions better quality and so his great movies were some of the greatest but also then his flops were a little bit of a bigger flop got it because he he like swung for the fences basically yeah yeah right got and it. that would that ended up being an issue down the road didn't it like they they overspent a lot and yeah. were kind of. Uh, so his dad was very frugal, very specific with his money, didn't want to overspend. But Junior, again, because he wanted 
kind of bigger and better, he started taking out loans for movies and um, they they ended up losing the studio over Showboat um, after 1936. <laughs> oh, wow. Which ended up, I guess it was sort of a gamble that Junior took. He took out the loan, but the movie went over budget. It went over time. Um, and the loan company just saw an opportunity to get the studio. They had signed it over as collateral. Um, and so they lost the movie. But Showboat was actually great. Huh. Interesting. I've never seen Showboat. I don't think I've seen Showboat yeah. either. It's uh, uh, it's actually also directed by James Whale. Okay. All right. Who directed this? Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the movie we're doing today was not a uh, a bomb. It was a big hit. No. Yeah. And when I reached out to Antonia to come do the show with us, I asked if she knew what credits she wanted to do. You chose the Frankenstein open credits. Why out of all, first of all, maybe all films and two out of all the universal pictures yeah, your was that your go-to um so I was first off i was overwhelmed with choice once you <laughs> said <laughs> that i could pick something but i wanted to do something that you know was done sort of in the lemley years of universal and so many of those old credits it's just you know sort of two screens of names that sit there for 10 20 seconds each so when I saw, when I thought to the Frankenstein credits and it's got the intro that's so different and then the the credits page itself is pretty kind of wacky. Yeah, it's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just, I was like, this is the one. I think there's enough here to talk about and enough to dig into. Yeah, I think it was a good pick. Yeah, I do, yeah, I do sure. too. Uh, I also think it's um, kind of appropriate for us, Gary, because I often feel like I've created a monster <laughs> by giving you a microphone and an audience. So you know, I've actually felt that way too. And I'm starting to get more uh, confident. I'm feeling more alive every week. So mm-hmm. you're in trouble. Actually. Is it the sleeveless yeah. t-shirt you're wearing yeah. right now? Yeah, it okay. is. It is. It is. You know, Antonia had a, a sleeveless shirt on briefly when she, when she showed up today. She has a jacket on now, but I, I felt very, I felt very happy about that. I didn't want to like overpower, you know, over, <laughs> right. outshine you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Steal my thunder. Yeah, exactly. I appreciate you putting the jacket on, but Max has. Gary a got stupid a little angry. Yeah, yeah. He's. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell's this? That's my thing. I actually match Max now and yeah. right. black. A long sleeve black. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm the only sleeveless one in town now. Which I is should good. look, Gary. Even Frankenstein wears a blazer and dresses up. Can't you <laughs> put true. something, he something is on? Way here? more formal than me. Way more formal. Um, Antonia, you have a. Do you have a? You have a show that talks more about your family, right? And like the history of Universal. Yeah. So I've got a YouTube channel. It's called Universally Me. And I sort of dive into all the history of Universal and my family. My mom's a genealogist and she collects memorabilia and she's got like millions of old pictures of the family. So I go through a lot of that collection too. And Cool. That's very cool. Yeah. Nice. It's a great way to get in touch with my roots. Nice. Everybody check that out. Check that out. Yeah. YouTube.com slash Antonia Carlotta. Nice. And then obviously check us out too. Credit store. Yeah, I think they're doing that now, oh, technically. Okay. You're right, yeah. you're right. I think okay. if they're listening... Keep checking us out. Yeah, yes, keep listening. You. Keep yes. listening. Uh, all right, so is there anything else we need to set up before we did it? Oh, I, I mentioned that I haven't seen this movie. I haven't seen it straight through, I don't think, but I remember I watched it as a kid. I, I don't know if I was like scared of it, but I just remember parts of it. But recently, I, I kind of pieced it together while I was working and watched like several clips of it in order. So I think I basically watched the whole thing. There might be some stuff that I missed, but... I was like piecing together online and you watched it recently. This I week, did. Right? I, I actually watched it for the, f- I feel like I've seen it at some point in my life, mm-hmm. but I watched it for the, f- like sat down this week to watch it after an entire like award season with, uh, I think <laughs> with- movies that were about 15 to 20 minutes too long. It is the perfect length. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so like refreshing to sit minutes, and watch right? a movie. Yeah, yeah. That just kind of gets to it, gets through the story and it's, 
Yeah, it's like uh, it's like one fifth of the Irishman as far as its running time goes. So it's wow. very yeah. I, I did not have. <laughs> I could not. I haven't even tried to watch the Irishman yet. It, it literally took so... my wife and I three and a half nights. Yeah, I think, it took to us. It movie. took me and my girlfriend Skylar four nights to yeah. get through. It was. Wow. It's very. It's you are so long. Yeah, it's a big chunk of your life that you're setting aside to watch the Irishman. Yeah, you're right though. This like this movie is. It, there's no like fat because it's just a. It's a perfect. It's a great story and it's a. It's a awesome horror story but it's an iconic legendary story that has been retold many times too so i was also blown away at you know it's almost a hundred years old now yeah and just like the picture the quality of it is incredible if you sit down and watch it now it's still it's just so clear hmm, that lemley which is a beautiful movie that lemley family was they were onto something i think, I think yeah. so yeah they, they knew what was they, up they, they yeah. had a good thing going they know yeah. a thing or two about <laughs> about movies right <laughs> And we know a thing or two about breaking down the title sequences and credits, so we should start Yes, that. and like we've done in the, in the past, this has a little intro before the credits officially, so yeah. we're going to bend the rules a little bit because yeah. the opening is amazing. I think we've only bent the rules a couple times. One of them was the 1990s uh, movie Ninja Turtles. And this is pretty much right up there with that. Yeah. So I think we can do it. Yeah, for, I think for they both have 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, <laughs> yeah. if you check. Yeah, I think we can do that. So let's get started here. How do you do? I'm going to stop it there. <laughs> <laughs> good, good place to stop. So what did we see on the screen there first? Well, we see a man uh, in a tuxedo. Yes. He comes out from behind a dark curtain. It's hard to tell what color because it's black and white, obviously. Uh, and he says, how do you do? 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 I think it's how do you do. No, it's what? how do you do? How do you do or how do you do? I have a really hard time believing he would be saying how do you yeah. do. <laughs> I'm going to say <laughs> how do you do. how do you do, you idiot. Uh, let's go back. <laughs> how do you do? How do you do? There's a clear Y sound in there. I think you said how do you do. No. He's not <laughs> not going to pile on and call you an idiot. <laughs> yeah, you but... should. You should. Feel free. Feel free. I, I usually take a lot of verbal abuse from him, so we can give some back today. I'm going to greet everyone how do you do from now on. <laughs> That's fine. That actually is pretty cool. But he clearly says... How do you I do? I think it's sort of a smooth roller. How do you do? Yeah. How do you, how do, you do? do? Okay. I'll, how do you do? I'll accept it. And I want to talk about this guy a little bit. Well, I'll wait. But yes, he comes out from behind a curtain. He's very finely dressed. He has a mm. little uh, flower even on his lapel, it looks like. Yeah. And He's in uh, a tuxedo. We should say this ed- This actor is uh, Edward Van Sloan, I believe. Yes. And he was a staple in the this era of movies. He played Dracula. I well, believe, he, no. he played um, uh, was he Van Helsing. No. Oh, that's in what I meant. Dracula. Sorry, Van Helsing in Dracula. Yes, big star in Dracula, and then he is uh, one of the doctors in this movie, or the doctor in this movie. Yeah, and he also appears in the Mummy film as well. That's right. Yeah, he kind of plays like similar characters in each of these movies. He right? does. Yeah. 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 But right now he's playing just the intro guy, the the carnival like the carni- intro dude number one. Intro dude number one. Yeah, yeah, that's how he's listed, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, it's not. It's not howdy do guy. No, okay. Definitely not howdy do guy. <laughs> but he uh, he comes out for like a carnival style intro here. Warning, I should say. Mister Carl Lindley feels it would be a little unkind to present this picture without just a word of friendly warning. Pause it. Okay. Nice. That was good. Yeah, that was good teamwork there. Um, so why don't you describe Antonia what happened there after he opened the curtain? So he takes a couple steps forward. I would say I there's something that he does with his sort of wrists or fists yeah. that I find very interesting. Yeah. It's a little you, bit of a swing. It's a little bit, but they're they're very tense. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's almost like he's tense, but he's trying to be calm or something. It's go back and watch that one more time. 
So I noticed that too. It reminds me a little bit, like I was a, a cheerleader in high school and that's exactly what you're not supposed to do, which is have <laughs> those bent wrists in, in the fists. Yeah, right. The fists are what's bizarre. It's almost like, like I said, there's some tension there, but go ahead, go ahead and hit play. Mr. Carl Emily feels it would be a little unkind to present this picture without just a word of friendly warning. Okay. Yes. So it's like bent fists, and then he and then he does comes to a hand clasp. I think like, because he might have realized yeah. how awkward that was. Yeah, it's it's strange. It's like keep it cool, Eddie. Keep it cool. <laughs> keep it cool. <laughs> I will say that like we've done so many opening credits for movies and TV shows, and the song always gets stuck in my head, right? For whatever it is, for that week when I'm researching and stuff. All week long, I have been saying to myself, Mr. Carl Emily feels, and just stopping right there. Like, I, my wife the other day, I said in the kitchen, she's like, what the hell are you saying? I'm like, Carl, don't worry about it. We're doing Frankenstein this week. You'll, you'll find out eventually. I hope, I hope your daughter Parker starts <laughs> saying that on Her a regular basis now. Her first phrase is, Mr. Carl Emily feels. So that'd be awesome. If she does, record it and we'll post it okay. and exploit it for this episode. Yeah, so he steps forward. Now, he is American, I believe, right? But he has kind of a weird accent, so I'm... I'm guessing he his ancestors were like German or something, because he the way he talks isn't like doesn't unless it, this is how they talked American style back in 1931. But does it sound like he has an accent? Am I being? Yeah, uh, you know, and it's it's funny because I've never really thought about it before, but probably a lot of people did have accents. Yeah. so many people were you know first generation at this point, so there probably was a little bit of because they're learning from their parents exactly. Yeah. So even though he was born in wherever think, he was born, uh, Mi- Michigan or yeah. Wisconsin, Minnesota, 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 somewhere in the Midwest, yeah. But it, like to to us, to me, I'm like he doesn't doesn't sound like he's from Minnesota. He sounds like he's got an accent. But you're right; it's probably his parents spoke German or Dutch or something. What so. do Minnesota sound like now? Oh, it's always like don't you know and howdy do. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard I've never okay. heard a Minnesota say howdy do, howdy do. Uh, okay, so he comes forward, takes a few steps, clasps his hands. And then says, Mr. Carl Emily feels, I forget the exact thing he says, but a little word of warning is what the audience needs needs here. Now, so he's he's not addressing the camera directly. It, but it looks like he's looking off a little bit like there's people sitting in the audience. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I sort of wonder, you know, now we, at least when I think back in that time, I think of those big ornate theaters. And so I wonder if the idea was to make it look like a real person was coming out to give those warnings. Even there's there's a little bit of the pause when he comes out is that, you know, waiting for everybody to settle mm-hmm, down. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm not yeah. exactly sure how these things started up then, but... Yeah, all, all the Van Sloan stands needed to calm down a little bit, you know, as he walked me. <laughs> that, that's what those four seconds are, those He's four nervous, steps. nervous. They're nervous. <laughs> yeah, it's finally happening. All right, let's see what else he has to say. We are about to unfold the story of Frankenstein, a man of science who sought to create a man after his own image. Okay, okay. All right. Okay, tell us a little bit about the plot there. We're about to unfold the story of Frankenstein, which obviously is miscon or people think that Frankenstein is the monster, but he's the doctor or the mad scientist, whatever. And Frankenstein's monster is the monster. Yeah, it's That's a it's it. a yeah. ongoing debate. I feel like that people still online today battle over. That is the thing, like on my YouTube channel and anything that I do, that is the thing I get the most hate about all the time. (laughs) And I can do a video about Frankenstein and I can give a, you know, two minute, like, here's the history of when people started shifting from calling 
him the monster to Frankenstein and here's why and here's and all of this stuff. And then I'll still get 20 comments like, you're so dumb. He's the monster. Oh, my God. And I'm like, I I just told you. You know you you can block Gary from commenting on your posts, right? (laughs) Yeah, I'll I'll keep creating more accounts. Stop harassing people, I have a lot of dummy accounts to yell at people. Um, when when was the shift? Was it like in the 70s or 60s? So it, it was really actually right around this time or a little bit before. So Frankenstein, um, it there was a stage adaptation of it by, I think it's Peggy Webling and uh, maybe John Balderston. Is that what this is? That's This is like an adaptation of that play, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And so as they were promoting that, they really started putting Frankenstein forward as the monster because, you know, it's a better image with a better name. Uh, and then Universal really ran with that. So it was a it was a conscious choice to say this is going to be better for marketing. This is going to look better. And that's when, you know, people started, uh, what do you call it? Like conflating yeah. the two. Yep. Got it. Got it. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, one of my favorite. I still do. One of my favorite memes is somebody wrote in pen at the end of the Mary Shelley book where it's like, and as he floated away, I could just hear his last words that said, it's okay if you call me Frankenstein <laughs> and not the monster. I don't mind. Uh, we That's all did great. it. <laughs> That's great. So, I mean, in in the original novel, which was written in 1818. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's, he's referred oh, to as lots of things other than Frank. The, the, the monster's referred to as like creature, um, monster, all sorts of, I think I've got a whole list of things he was called. Let me see something about Prometheus. Yeah. Okay. So oh, this the is, modern, the this modern is, Prometheus. Um, creature, fiend, Demon, wretch, devil, thing, being, an ogre. Wow. So rude. Really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's got a, yeah. yeah. He's still got feelings, you know? It's just really rude. 1818 was the book? Yeah. yeah. Have you ever heard yeah. the story of like where or how it got written? Uh-uh. So Mary Shelley was on a like a vacation basically with um, Percy Shelley, who was her husband. And um, oh, why can't I think of his name now? Uh, uh, like a famous poet, basically, mm-hmm. and they got reined in and were, you know, sort of bored and looking for things to do. And uh, so they had a contest, basically, to like write the best story. Oh and that's how she wrote wow. Frankenstein. Yeah. And uh, she, I think she, what, she edited or copyright wrote her husband's book, too, right? Percy? I, I believe so. Yeah. Oh, Lord Byron. Lord Lo- Byron. Oh, Lord was Byron. The other of course. Mm-hmm. He was always hanging out. My favorite out Lord. With- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so he says we're about to, you know, listen to a story about Frankenstein, a man. What did he say? Who something? Go back. I no, I, I like you uh, paraphrasing <laughs> it. Uh, something about his own image and something about that. Uh, go back like five seconds. We'll re-listen re- to that. Let it keep playing. Unfold the story of Frankenstein, a man of science, who sought to create a man after his own image, without reckoning upon God. Oh man. It is one of the strangest tales ever told. The Dodd part was huge. Huge. Yeah. Just like, think about, uh, you know, how religious people were back then. Sure. This was probably pretty scary. Yeah. There's there's even a line in the movie where I think Frankenstein kind of says that he's... He says, like, now I know what it's like to be God. Right. Which actually got censored for many years because people had such a hard time with that. Wow. Speaking of censorship, I read on Wikipedia, of course, this was the pre-code era. Yes. So there was like from when they started putting sound in movies in like the late 20s. And for like four or five years, this was called the pre-code era because they didn't enforce some of the censorship by whatever uh, the modern motion picture censorship committee or whatever it was. So was it included when it was first premiered or... 
and then later censored or how'd that work? That's a great question. I think that some places showed it and some Mm -hmm. pulled it out. There's also another scene uh, in the movie where Frankenstein throws a little girl in the lake and she dies and they removed that for quite a few years as well. Um, I've I've seen like newspaper ads where I, I know Kansas for sure censored a lot of that because that they'll sense. say this is the movie that kansas wouldn't play but we're gonna show it in its entirety okay so i think that even when it first came out it was controversial huh. speaking of that scene where he throws the girl in the in the lake it, it actually is pretty funny i gotta <laughs> say <It's>, <laughs> now yeah. i know i know it's supposed to be really dark but when i watched it recently like he's just you know the monster is just playing with this girl she's so sweet Everything's fine. And he just picks her up and just chucks her in the shallow. And it just looks like it's something you would do to like your kid in the pool. Like it's very friendly. And then she, of course, Well, I, I think that's what he was trying yeah, to be, yeah, right? Exactly. Oh, yeah. we're throwing the flowers. Yeah. This is so fun. Now I'll throw you. It just you. looks hilarious. He just scoops her up and chucks her like three or four feet out and in the water. I read some stuff. I don't know how accurate it is that that actress, the, the little girl that played, it's Maria? Is that's, in the movie? I think it's oh, Maria. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She wasn't that great of a swimmer. And oh, so, so she it really yeah, was scary. She, she wasn't enjoying being tossed in the water too much, and she didn't want to do another take. But uh, James Whale needed the needed another take, and so he promised her anything she would want to eat if she did it one more time. So she did it, and her request afterwards was a dozen hard boiled eggs. Oh my god, <laughs> she was Which the first like, cool hand Luke, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. Wow. Like, but that's a weird request from a child. That right? is. That's very Unless, weird. I mean, that was very strange. Maybe that was like, like a. To be fair, a my daughter back then. My daughter loves eggs, so maybe that's a thing with kids. You know, they just but love a dozen, it. Gary? Not a dozen, not a dozen. Okay. Do you think I, she ate all twelve? I think she had to. If she requested it, she had to. You're gonna sit there and you're gonna finish all these eggs, Miss. We just threw you in the lake sixteen times yeah. and now eat these eggs. She's got to be one of the reasons we've got child labor laws now. Yeah, this was pre-code that and pre-child it, yeah. labor laws. Yeah, definitely. All right, so Edward Van Sloan has uh, has now uh, mentioned God or, or not considering God. But this, but that mention of God wasn't. It was only someone claiming to be God was right. Yeah, risque. right. And now I know what it's like to be God. I mean, I think that this has to do with you know a lot of the like science was new, religion was big, um, surgery, right? All yeah. of that kind yeah. of stuff was sort of in its uh, infancy, in- I guess. Totally. And, uh, you know, it's a, a lot of those questions of just because we can do something, should we yeah. do something? And so I think that is sort of that God question that comes yeah. in. Big, big horror element back then, too. So mm-hmm. play on, Maximus, play on. Right. Deals with the two great mysteries of creation, life and death. I think it will thrill you. It may shock you. It might even horrify you. Okay, pause it, because I love yeah. the way he says horrify. Yes. Yeah. I love Do you want to say it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that whole little spiel there is great, where it starts where he says it's a strange tale, and you can go on. I, I did. I had these lyrics, and I, I fucking lost them. <laughs> After the horrify you, I like to think that like four or five people like in every theater that was watching, was like, well, I'm out of here. That's I'm, I'm good. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> yeah. my question. I wonder if anybody saw this and was like, ooh, I, I thought I was ready, but I'm not. I yeah. feel like if I was alive in the 30s, I would have been one of the people that got up and Oh, left. you would have ran <laughs> yeah, out. No like, doubt nope, about it. Yeah, nope, this you is are, not for me. You are I love, chicken shit about I love horror stuff. movies now, but back then I probably would have been like, nope. No thanks. Oh, I would have I'll been so this much one out. more in. <laughs> this, this you, you, what, it would have hooked you. Yes. Would, yeah. I don't know. This guy, he he like sends me like Twitter videos of ghosts and tells me he's super scared. And I'm just like, <laughs> you're such a 
baby. You cry to me. You cry right back to me. <laughs> that's true. You that's asked true. me to hold you. <laughs> so he said. So he says. I just want to go back and uh, it is one of the strangest tales ever told. It deals with two great mysteries of creation, life, and death. I think it will. Th- I think it will thrill you. It may shock you. It might even horrify you. Go back and play that horrifying. It's so good. It's an early front runner for my highlight. Just so you know. It might even horrify you. Horrifying. Oh, there's like an, there's a role in there. Yeah. 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 I can't do that. The R roles never never could. I love I mean this all this whole thing is very much Carl Lemley's MO when he would make these movies. Like he would put um ambulances and nurses outside of the theater. He's got this um intro here. The whole thing is to build that tension and make you sort of terrified to begin with. The atmosphere. Because then I mean, and the movie itself at the time was scary too, but it almost doesn't matter because you're so yeah, on edge. True. Yeah, it's a great way to kick off a movie. Was uh this is just random, but was Carl Lemley much older than his son? You said his son was twenty one or whatever. Was he a pretty young guy too, or was he like older? Wow, you know what's so funny is I've never really thought about what their age difference was. Um, <laughs> this is what I'm here for, all these weird questions. I think he would have been about 35 when Junior was born. So okay. there, there was, okay, quite, so he was a, quite a bit older. quite some years in between. I just wondered, like you said that it's Carl Lemley's MO. I wonder how much of the sun played into like you know knowing the younger cooler audience you know what i mean well that's so when junior took over that he really was the one that pushed for these movies way more than his dad and it's funny because when when senior was running the studio he was seen as really progressive and really you know sort of experimental and new he was he was so ahead of his time but even when it came to the horror movies with his son there was a little bit of pushback from him so junior was even ahead of him and it was well this is what i like this is what my friends like this is what people are going to want to see there's also the sort of aspect of the Great Depression was oh, yeah. setting mm-hmm. in here. So these movies were an escape from that. It was a way to – a lot of people think that, well, people were going to movies to see, you know, Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers dancing around. That's probably later. But, um, you know, these happy, wealthy movies. But actually, people wanted to see other people in misery yeah, sometimes yeah. and uh, and get to sort of put that on someone else. And Edward Van Sloan was just along for the ride, man. He was there for it. That's why I I like him so much. Big big Edward Van Sloan (laughs) fan over there. EVS, baby. Love him. I have a huge tattoo. (laughs) President of a fan club? Yeah. Just got it this week. (laughs) So if any of you feel that you do not care to subject your nerves to such a strain, now is your chance to... uh, Well, we've warned you. I'm out again, by yeah. the way. I'm, this is, I've, I've left twice now. That pause is like such a creepy face, too. It's like almost like a he almost looks like a mannequin. Yeah, or, the, a, or a ventriloquist dummy. I mean, yeah. After oh, yeah. after he comes out, and he's like he's kind of like nervous with his his fists. Yeah. The delight he takes in delivering this news is so creepy. It's just is it's so great. And he almost it's such want, a great performance. It's, it's like he almost wants to say, "What's he say there?" So if any of you feel that you do not care to subject your nerves to such a strain, well, now's your chance to. And his eyes kind of get big, like. Like, no, you're not. You're stuck here, you, you cowards. I think he's looking, he's scanning the audience, identifying every single person that's about to have a heart attack. Yep, yep. Looking him right in the eye. And the, I'm, point, <laughs> I'm pointing at me right now. Uh, and so he says that, he delivers his little, well, we warned you, and he walks off uh, to the, I guess, stage right. Our you left. know, like every haunted house, every everything that I've gone to my entire life, they do exactly yeah. this. I sure. have to wonder, was this... Was this the first time where they did this kind of, oh, we've warned you, too late now? 
or I, I did I did read that carnivals it was a carnival sideshow technique at the time. So okay. I think it was popular maybe maybe before that. I don't know how long before that, but it was like a technique known at carnivals for all the horror whatever the haunted houses or I love House it. of it's Mirrors and stuff. Stood the test of time. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's great. It's really so, good. So Dracula kicked off the Universal Monster Pictures, yeah, right? predominantly. That- There's um, Phantom of the Opera and The Hunchback, which came out about five years earlier, but mm-hmm. those were silent films. Dracula was the first of the talkies, which was released. Um, they I call them talkies? They call talkies. them talkies? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I like that. That's like um, almost a modern way of saying it. Oh, the talkies. You know? <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, I mean, a movie. Yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. yeah. Movie. I, I like that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I learned something. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so Dracula came out on Valentine's Day of uh, 1931, so the same year. And then I think this is about November, so later on. Yep. So so November was was 23rd. Frankenstein already in production, or they moved so quickly that they, they saw the success of Dracula and they just kind of greenlit Frankenstein I, and got I it going? I believe that they saw the success of Dracula wow. and then went. It was, it was pretty uh, sort of trendy in this time to use source works from the century before. As, so like, I'm sure that they kind of were ready with, here's a story we can use, here's something along the same lines. Um, Bela Lugosi from Dracula was actually the first choice to play Frankenstein. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, but he kind of looked at it and he was like, wait, you're going to cover my face. I don't have any lines. And I'm just supposed to lumber around and murder people? I, I think I'm better than this now. And he passed it over and then Boris Karloff took it. Like yeah, took it. Right. And I, I think I think Lodosi I read was was attached even before James Whale was too, when it was kind of in its uh early stages. So like and then James Whale obviously made it a little bit more made the Frankenstein monster a little, a little more, more refined. Hum- yeah, yeah, yeah. And more humanity a little bit too, I think. Yeah. And then you know what it's so interesting. I always think about these things because Pretty much every monster had somebody else attached first, and huh. then like it got switched. And I always wonder what it would be like with the other monsters. So Bela Lugosi for Frankenstein, then Boris Karloff was attached to the Invisible Man before they went with Claude Rains. Huh. Um, Claude Rains, shoot, I know he was attached to a different one. They had wanted Lon Chaney for Dracula. So everybody kind of did this little shuffle down the line. I bet you there was just a big ego uh, butting heads or something going on back then. They're always trying to one up each other or something. And then, nah, I'm not. I'm better <laughs> than this. And then somebody else would take it. And then they would be too good for the next one. So not yeah. e- not Edward, though. Edward was a, no, no, no. He was no. along for the ride. He's yeah, like, yeah, the put me in whatever humble. role. Yeah. He's, he's the, just happy he's to like, be there. The I, don't need to, yeah. Yeah. I don't need to play a creature or a monster. Just put me in the doctor role and whatever <laughs> movie you're doing and I'm good to go. I'll keep riding it out. <laughs> but I think James Whale specifically was pretty good at identifying the... It was sort of the unknown theater actor that he thought would be good for those <clears> roles. Yeah. Just so you know, this did... Uh, you were right. It came out in November. Uh, it made $12 million dollars. On a two hundred and sixty-two thousand dollars budget, wow! So quite a hit. Mm-hmm. It's like great. what is that like fucking thirty-six times its budget or something like that? Yeah, and these movies in the so in the depression, a lot of the studios lost money. A couple went under, but these are what really saved Universal. They were one of I think only two money-making studios during the depression. Wow, cool. Don't ask me what the other one was. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, so wait, so. Didn't Bella? Is it Bella or Bella? Bella Gosi? Is, is that pronounced is Bela? that like? Yeah. It's a, <laughs> oh, I always say Bella, uh, and I always did. It's another thing that I've gotten very, I've gotten very bullied into being right over the years. <laughs> right. <laughs> the internet's so good at bullying you. Into I'm going right. to call him Legosi. Um, Didn't he end up playing Frankenstein in a movie at some point? He did. He did. So I. 
So he did, you know, Dracula, then he turned down Frankenstein. Then there's a couple years right after the Lemley years when the code comes in where Universal just didn't make any horror movies. Then there were a couple theater, well, there was a theater that did a double feature of Dracula and Frankenstein. And it sold out. It did even better than the original runs of the movies. And Bela started showing up to sort of Q&As and to do appearances. Universal saw the interest that there was in him and then hired him back on for more horror movies. So, yes, he did ultimately play Frankenstein um, in the 1940s. Very interesting. Yeah. Might even horrify you. (laughs) How many times are you going to say that before? This is (laughs) Mr. Carl Emily feels. I always just stop there. After that, I, I mess up. So as far as I can go. Do it one more time. No. <laughs> and I can't roll my R's. I'm really pissed about that. I also cannot. I've never been able to do it. Even in mm. Spanish class. And I, I never. I just. I just in my throat. I fake it. Yeah. Like per, perro. <laughs> perro. It's in my throat. Perro. perro. <laughs> Horrify you. See, I can do it in my throat, but it's not real. It's fake. I'm a fraud. You sure are. <laughs> All right, so the Sloancher is walking off. Yeah, okay, I'm going to go back a little yeah, bit yeah. here where he walks just off. Did, just did his last little uh, look, and we warned you. There we go. Perfect. Now is your chance to... Uh, well, we warned you. Okay, I'm going nice. to stop it there. One Go of, ahead. One of my favorite things about this screen, and I've seen one where there's even one more, is just how many times the name Carl Lemley appears on it. <laughs> yeah. Carl Lemley pre- presents, produced by Carl Lemley Jr., and then it's Carl Lemley President at the bottom. And I've seen one where it also said, like, Carl Lemley presents a Carl Lemley film. Mm-hmm. Uh he just loved putting his name places. I think I, I don't I, I don't remember where who it was or what it was making fun of, but somebody made fun of Todd Phillips for doing this on Joker. Yeah, because like he, it was like Todd Phillips directs Todd Phillips written presented by Todd Phillips Joker, and it was like all it was just like that pretty much. So that that's not gone away. It's, <laughs> may, may we all have this much confidence yeah. to put our name up that many times? When I post this episode, it's going to say Max Miller presents Credit Score Podcast, produced nice. by Max Miller, starring, starring Max, Max Miller. Miller. I do really like how the Carl Lemley presents the top is in cursive, and how the Carl, the lowercase Carl, goes into the uppercase le- uh, L. The L's, the L's match up. I noticed oh, that when I okay I'm- yeah. You know, confused. Oh, so Carl at the top, Lemley. Mm-hmm. The lowercase L connects to the uppercase L on his on his last name. Oh, uh, like the cursor. Yes. Yeah, it's yeah. all connected. It's all connected. I just wow. thought, yeah. I thought that was cool. Yeah. So it also says presents Frankenstein. Um, and we've got an There's image. a lot of fonts. There's a lot of fonts on it, this that's one. A, that's also yeah. the thing. They're like, <laughs> let's just get all of them in there. Like presents <laughs> is a way different font, and then Frankenstein <laughs> is like Comic Sans almost or whatever. And by the way, I will say that I'm bothered by the parentheses on Frankenstein. So if you could just go ahead and tell somebody in your family to go back and fix that. Yeah, I'll, I'll just uh, erase that right now for you. <laughs> so uh, these were the these were the six fonts that existed in 1931, yes, and they used them all. Every single one. Right. Yeah. All of them. Uh, Frankenstein is in like bubble letters or whatever. Bubble. It's bigger. It's bolder, obviously, as it should be. But it has these parentheses, quotation marks around it. Yeah. And which is fine because it's a title. But the ones over the N... Or like right over the end. So it's like not at the end of the word. I think they ran out of space on so the too. right side. <laughs> so too. They got a little, little jammed over there. Uh, and then you see produced by Carl Lemley Jr. And then copyright, 
at the bottom in Roman numerals. What is that? 1931. Uh, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Doi. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you were going to try and figure that out. Oh, I'm <laughs> sorry. I was going to struggle. Sorry. Rewind, <laughs> rewind. Please, thank, thank you, Antonia, for saving me from looking like a complete ass. Uh, like, it should be obvious I what know. it says, but. <laughs> well, I was, you know what I was honestly thinking of? Whenever we do end credits, they always show, like, the number of movie it was. And I was thinking maybe this was, like, the number of movie. I'm. I'm a complete moron. Coincidence, uh, it was also their 1,931st <laughs> right. movie. Uh, Max, go ahead and edit all, all my stupidity out here later, will you? Never. Um, produced, or sorry, copyright by Universal Pictures Corp. And then Carl Lemley Prez at the bottom. And okay, so we've got this image in the background. Yeah, what is that's that? That's kind of hard to make out. There's these giant, like, claw-like hands. Yeah, with long fingernails, and they're almost like fists. Yeah. Not quite fists, though. More like... Uh, not like not like a Van Sloan fist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a Van Sloan fist. It's like an almost fist. It's yeah. a claw kind of. And I guess because like a big head at the top with, with eyes peering eyes. over. Yeah, it has like like uh, like lighthouse beam eyes almost. Yeah, it's almost a little misleading like for the audience if they're looking if they're really looking at it. They're like, oh, what the hell? It was going to be like an alien abduction or something, but. And they did this with the Invisible Man. I've seen things as well where he's got the laser eyes. So I don't know what that is, but it it was a thing. Hmm. I don't know if it's supposed to imply like he's coming for you or yeah. is it is it similar to this image that we're looking at here, or is it just that he's got it was the, it's the Invisible Man? It's just that he Man. also has laser eyes uh-huh. in some of the <laughs> posters and promotional things that I've seen. Wonder but obviously, wonder if it's a god thing too, like or like a. Whatever. Well, who do we think this is supposed to? Who's is that supposed to be? Uh, the monster in the background there? Are the arms the monster and the the eyes are like? I think it's Doctor Frankenstein. To be a really scary image, I think. To be honest, like a really just evoke. Do you think? Yeah, uh, I wonder if this is closer maybe to the book's version of what Frankenstein uh, looks like. Because be. I know that yeah. he was totally different there. The image of Frankenstein that we think of with the bolts and the green and the square head, that was very much created by Universal and and that's what started that. In the book, I think he's more of like a jaundice. I think he does have claws. Okay. okay. So so maybe the laser eyes too come from Mary Shelley, although I can't imagine they could have even envisioned that in 1818. Like, we didn't yeah. have lasers yet. Yeah. True, true. They, but there were lighthouses, but, but, so there, it could be lighthouse there, eyes. There were, there were a couple movies that were made before this one, too, even though they were a lot less popular, so maybe there was... or And the play, so maybe there was, like, imagery that was attached to that or something, so... I just think... Uh, <laughs> Lemley and Junior were like, they're going to be too busy reading our names anyway, so <laughs> it doesn't matter what we put in the background, right? That's true. And the music that plays here, this, this loud, scary instrumental, is the only music that's played the entire movie... Until the end, the rest of it is yes. no music. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the music was by. Do you know offhand? Oh, I have it. I no, have it I somewhere. I forgot. Let me, to look let me that find it real quick. Okay, the music is by Bernard Kahn. Okay, of okay. course. Yeah, yeah. BK. Everyone's, everyone's oh, BK. favorite. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the inspiration, I think, for Burger King. Yeah, he yeah. invented the Whopper. <laughs> yeah, this is a Whopper of a opening number here. I'll tell you that much. I love putting on my Bernard Kahn vinyl while <laughs> I eat my Whopper in the living room with its crinkly little wrapper. Uh, it's very classy. Yeah, it's, and it's yeah. like you're like you pull it out of the wrapper and it. I get my my laser eyes zero in on <laughs> on the Whopper. <laughs> All right, let's hear a little more BK here. Ooh, scary. 
They really wanted to give you enough time to read their names many times (laughs) over if you wanted to. Right. (laughs) I mean, I I did, too. I read each one at least three times. So Um, so the, the screen, I mean, it's a pretty cool effect, actually. It kind of fades or whatever, dissolves. And then uh, we get a new set of credits here. And in the background is this creepy face, which I'm assuming is supposed to be a monster or the yeah, monster. Yeah, it almost looks like a it looks Nos- Nosferatu. Yeah, that yes, yes, old, that's right? exactly totally. what I wrote down uh-huh. in my notes. Totally, right? yeah. And there's eyeballs, like uh, spinning. road spinning around this Nosferatu face. It's kind of psychedelic. Yeah, it, it really is. It's a cool effect. Uh, what Any major credits? Oh, I know. Obviously, the big one here that stands out is... That the um, it it says it's from the novel by and this is very confusing when I first saw it. Instead of just saying Mary Shelley, it says Mrs. Percy B. Shelley. This infuriates yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. Listen, as a as a as a dad with a daughter, this infuriates me too. All right, this is bullshit misogyny. Mm-hmm. That's what this is. I know it was 1931, but. I can't believe that they let this wait, through. Wait, and- you mean your daughter Gary Dudak Jr. <laughs> <laughs> Love little Derry, my little daughter. She's sweet. In uh, in some ways, I mean, I'm sure that this is the traditional way it was supposed to yeah. be done, but Universal was, as I kind of said earlier, a very progressive studio at a time much earlier than this. Universal even had 11 female directors working for them. Yeah. There were female writers and editors, all of these things. So it just surprises me a little bit that it's Mrs. Percy B. Shelley, but I do, maybe this was standard or yeah. how she yeah, would have well what makes me even more mad and doesn't make any sense is that the credit is right next to the credit adapted from the play by peggy webling so was she not married because if she was married it should have been mrs bill webling or whatever the hell spinster. <laughs> yeah maybe she was a spinster i don't know I don't, if anybody knows out there what peggy webling's uh love and relationship life was like let us know on a credit score podcast. Is that is that what our our Instagram is? Credit score podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, this is yeah, this is what I've always wanted to get DM'd was about <laughs> about Peggy Peggy Webling's don't, love don't life. Don't reach out to us about anything else other than Peggy Webling's story. Well, I, I need to know how mad I need to be about this, but it, it just makes me think because we can say Peggy or yeah. not because we can, but because we did say yeah. Peggy Webling on the right, that maybe that really was Mary Shelley's preference, or she. That's just possible. died before she had a choice to let people know. That's and true. And so this sure. is how history yeah. decided. Yeah, I mean, there's her. there's always been like debate on how much like he he apparently collaborated on the novel, but yeah, right. How, yeah, yeah, yeah. How much sure he, did. he yeah. actually even did, and yeah. that was just and, the time. Uh, and, and he was like, and yeah. Ben Affleck collaborated on the Goodwill Hunting screenplay. Okay, sure. Wait, you don't think Affleck wrote <laughs> Goodwill Hunting? No, he did. You think that was all Damon? <laughs> of course. You no way. That? You ever seen that Family Guy? Where <laughs> that Damon's like, I just finished it. Good little hunting. And met Ben Affleck's on the couch. And he's like, go ahead and put my name on there, too. Like, <laughs> hasn't, hasn't Ben Affleck wrote more movies than I'm, Matt Damon? I'm, I'm, you know I love Affleck. Yeah. I was just kidding. I was just making it. Was just a, it was a pot shot. I take it back. Stop punching down. Uh, <laughs> uh, other credits we see are, a so, is it animated producer at the top? I, I Or is it associate? Associate. Okay. Associated producer. Associated makes a lot more sense yeah. than animated. Uh, E.M. Asher. Uh-huh. And then based upon the... Man, my eyes are... Composition. Worse. Composition by John L. Balderston. Yes. Uh, screenplay is by Garrett Fort and Francis Edwards Farrago. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
And I, Matt's taped over. I'm struggling through this. Yeah. I'm um, barely read. Yeah. There's, we got scenario editor uh, Richard Shayer. We got recording supervisor C. C. Roy Hunter. Mm-hmm. Cinematographer Arthur Edison. Ah, uh, yes. Film editor is Clarence Colster. Big Colster fan. Supervising film editor Maurice Pivar. And art director Charles D. Hall. So the re- only reason I had us read them all is because there's only one woman's name up there. Peggy. Peggy Webling is the only one. And Mrs. Percy B. Shelley. And obviously, I, I read that it created a lot of confusion, too. And people thought that Percy B. Shelley wrote this because it's because of that part, that credit. So. Probably intentional. Right? Take away the woman's thunder. Man. Always. Uh, all right. Keep so, I mean, speaking oh, of Peggy Webling, by the way, this the reason this movie was based on the stage play was because Universal had the rights to the stage play, whereas the novel itself was apparently in the public domain at the time. Hmm. Because it had been out for so long, I guess. I don't know. I don't know yeah, what the I, loophole. The laws are always so weird. Like anything before 1925 now, I think, is in the public domain, except for certain things when sometimes something happens. Yeah. I'm not sure. I mean, it's the same reason why Wonder Years on Netflix can't play the actual Joe Cocker song. So they have to do a, there's some sort of public domain shit. Yeah. Are you Travesty. dropping, are you trying to get people to listen yes, to our Wonder I Years am, episode? I, am, I, am. <laughs> I listen, I listen to that one. <laughs> oh, good. Perfect. Shameless Everyone plug. go listen to that episode. Yeah. Not right this moment. Not right Let this us finish moment, yeah. here. No, no, but, no. Fin- but finish listening to me. Yes. And then right. go listen to The Wonder Years. <laughs> That's right. This is uh, an Antonia Carlotta Presents Credit Score podcast <laughs> starring Antonia Carlotta, <laughs> produced by Antonia Ant- Carlotta. Right. <laughs> and then, like, some other people are here, too. Yeah. yeah. We're not schlubs. Yeah. Uh, we got Mr. Sarah Dudak over here. <laughs> <laughs> I actually prefer to be called that. That's way better. Uh, what does it say at the bottom? Like, at the under Maurice Pivar, there's, like, a word there that I can't read. Is it? I think can- it has to do with the music, right? Or And it's, like, Western sound. Yeah, something system. something recording. No, I see that. Oh, okay. It's recording on the right. Yeah. But you just can't see what that word is on the left. From here, it looks like noiseless, but I don't think that's what it says. Noiseless <laughs> recording. It's hard to make out. Yeah. Should okay. I walk up to the screen? <laughs> I don't know. I'll do it. I'll do it. Here we go. This is how. Uh... Hey, I'm probably going to knock some shit off. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Fuck. <laughs> Everything, not just some. It is noiseless. Noiseless? Yeah. Okay. So maybe that's like just from the older days. Yeah. They were called noiseless recordings. I know. Like some movies when sound first came out would release at the same time a silent version and a sound version because certain theaters weren't equipped yet for sound. Hmm. I don't think that Frankenstein was one of those, but maybe. But maybe noiseless also refers to like if there were crackles or sounds. Yeah, or maybe like noiseless, noiseless headphones. Is mm-hmm. or, or it's, quality. oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> Kiri just knocked over six things. You don't have to worry about hitting hitting a microphone in front of you. Uh, it's, it's like my Italian roots. I just, I talk with my hands and I've hit the microphone like 12 times. All right, Max, let's uh, carry well, on. While, while we were talking about rights and everything too, that we talked about the makeup and how the version of Frankenstein or the monster that we all know and love yeah. now is from Universal and this makeup uh, and they still they own the rights to the makeup from what I read through 2026. Yeah, I assume so, they'll renew that. But what does so right that mean? Now, they own well, the rights to the makeup. Jack Pierce, it's copyright. Oh. Yeah, Jack Pierce was the makeup artist responsible for this, um, and he did a, a ton of Universal stuff over the years. He was incredible. Um, and yeah, so they copyrighted the look. So huh. again, where I was saying like the bolts and the square head and all of that is very much owned by Universal. So and it's. There's a bunch of parts to it because that specific look is owned by Universal, but I believe that 
Boris Karloff's family got the rights to his image specifically. So mostly now when you see Frankenstein images from Universal, it's the 1960s Glenn Strange version. There are all of these sort of legal things, but I believe, and I might be wrong on this, that Boris Karloff's family is allowed to use the images of him as Frankenstein. Okay. But Universal technically owns it. Got it. But come 2026, it's a free-for-all. Everyone's going to be just running to get their... I don't know. (laughs) You know, Disney keeps finding ways to up their their rights and their copyrights. I can't imagine that Universal is going to let it go. That's a good point. Yeah. uh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, if you want to write a Frankenstein movie (laughs) and use the makeup, now's now's the time to do it. (laughs) I love that they listen to this show, by the way. So nice of them (laughs) to take time out of their busy schedules. We're going to do the Argo opening credits soon, hopefully. I can't wait for that. So these eyes are still spinning around this face that we don't really know what it is yep. here. And all the credits are remaining the same. So you can get a full read. People are like, oh, noiseless recording. Cool. I bet they knew exactly what it meant. Yeah, they, they're not dummies like us. Directed by James Whale. Okay. I love when, when James Whale's credit pops up and the music changed there. Let's go back and listen that was to that cool. real quick. And you get a clearer view of the face to the Nosferatu. Yeah. A little bit. A little bit. It's a pretty big directed by James Whale. It's cool. Yeah. And, and, you know, James Whale was, again, he didn't have necessarily a long career. He didn't do a million films, but he had quite a few really great films. Yep. Um, and he's also very notable for the time. He was an openly gay man back in the, you know, 20s, 30s, 40s, which... Uh, you really don't hear of these days. Yep. Uh, what was that movie that was based on his life, like with Brendan Fraser? Of Gods and yes, Monsters. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, I didn't one. even know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is that good? Uh, it is good. It's uh-huh. pretty good, okay. yeah. It's a good flick. I think Ian McKellen plays That's right. James Ian Mc- Whale. And Brendan Fraser is like his... Sort of young... Yes. Uh, what's that word? Like consort? Yeah. Is that the is right, that right word? I think so. Yeah. I'm going to have to see a, that. A young man he takes an interest in. Yes. Got it. Uh, and because James Whale was sort of an artist in his later years. And, and so they sort of touch upon that in the film. But he, yeah. Uh, yeah. Sort of had sad later years. We don't need to go into it. Yeah. The, the, if you want to, on your own time, you can look into, which I did. I went down the rabbit hole a little bit. And there's a lot of uh, latently homosexual things with James Whale in his movies. And even in Frankenstein, especially Bride of Frankenstein, I read, was like, that there's rumors that he was trying to like so subtly I, throw in, but it, they think it's more people these days take it that way. And yeah, I was going to say because he was gay now, people love to go back and say, oh, this is a metaphor yeah, for gayness yeah. and that's a metaphor for, for being gay. Um, but James Whale and uh, his, his ex-husband, who was David, somebody whose last name... Of course, I can't remember right right now. We'll add it Um, in later. (laughs) Mr. James Whale. Mr. James Whale uh, said that very much James was sort of about the art of it and and sort of what it was, and it's fine for other people to imbue that on it, but that was not his intention. He wasn't deliberately dropping in uh, homosexual themes. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, you can say with anybody that uh, parts of yourself and your mind, all of that is going to appear in your art. So maybe if even if it wasn't intentional, that could still be a part of who he was. True. Mm -hmm. What were you going to say about the music? You said that it drops. Oh, I just, I love the music change there when his, let's let's play it real quick. So then I want to talk about James Will a little bit more, but. Yeah, really ominous. That part right there. I love it. And then it does, uh, his name dissolves, and we get the players cast list here. 
Yeah, and we'll go through them before. I just want to. I've got a few facts about James Whale that I want to. Do you think I any, anyone called him Jimmy Wales? You think Jimmy Wales? Yeah, um, or J Dubs. J Dubs. J Dubs. J Dubs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Wales seems more like a, a mobster name. <laughs> so, True. Um, so he was signed to a five year contract with Universal in 1931. Um, and you can correct me if. For any reason, these are not accurate, or you know they're not accurate. Just call me out on it. She will. Um, so, uh, Junior offered him his choice of any of the Universal properties, and he chose Frankenstein. He good choice. He also directed other horror films, like I think we said this: The Old Dark House, The Invisible Man, Bride of Frankenstein, and then, like we said, he did Showboat. That was the last one he did for Universal. For Musical? Universal, yeah. yeah. What was the All Quiet on the Western Front sequel or something? That, um, that was, I think, The Road Back, yeah, which right. was widely panned. Yeah, and that was yeah. that was sort of the... Oh, maybe that was actually later for Universal. But yeah. that was the end, I believe, of his time there. Um, and he had also done... One of his first films was... Uh, I think it was called Journey's End. And that was the one that really put him on the map that let him have the freedom to pick Frankenstein. Got it. So he had uh, toured that as a stage play and then brought it to the screen and got amazing reviews. Got it. So go ahead and run down the player. Uh, sorry, it says the players on top, actually. I'm, I wasn't just saying that myself. It's the players, the cast list. So we've got um, Henry Frankenstein played by Colin Clive. Uh, something to point out is that Henry Frankenstein wasn't the name of Frankenstein in the novel. It was Victor Frankenstein. Victor, that's right. We do have a Victor in this movie, but it's not the lead doctor. Yes. And Colin Clive, by the way, uh, I, I, like I said, I, I went down like all the rabbit holes. He had, he had had a pretty tragic life after this. He was like... I know, he was like an alcoholic. Out, total alcoholic. He died when he was like 37 or something, which I just oh, turned I 37. I knew that. Yeah. Yeah, I just turned 37. So it was, I saw that. Like I think I actually read that on my birthday or before, and I was like, oh, it's fucked up poor colin anyways that's sorry about that dark. Bring, wow. bring really just down. just brought everyone dark- down <laughs> brought everyone down getting darker than the movie a moment of material. silence for colin clive yeah, and yeah. gary Dudak. yeah sorry <laughs> <laughs> thank you for that it was very nice he's uh, he's fantastic in this yeah and yeah uh, just a, such just, a uh has this, like such a movie star look to him too totally yeah for sure uh elizabeth was made clark Victor, is it Victor? What's Moritz? The last? Moritz, that's right. Was well, John Bowles? While you're bringing up Victor, I had read that Frankenstein was renamed Henry from Victor because uh, it was decided that Victor was too unfriendly for hmm. American yeah, at the time. I, everyone like, knew a Hank it was, back then. It was yeah, it was xenophobia. I think <laughs> oh, back totally, then. It yeah. was, Let's name him Henry. All right, that sounds good. I was also going back to Mae Clark for a minute. Um, read that when she first got the script, she wasn't happy with how little she had to do in the movie, and so they sort of threw her in different scenes and added a couple things to beef it up. Like where at the beginning she's um, there when Frankenstein comes alive. That was you know she sort she of complained, and she had worked with James Whale before, and he's like, all right, all right, we'll put you here too. Nice, had a girl, man. Great. Uh, what about John Bowles? Was he known for anything big back then? Who played Victor in the, yeah. <laughs> Other than right. Victor? The, yeah. Okay. He's the one that got stuck with the name they didn't want to name, the main <laughs> character. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah, uh, I don't know. And then we get the most interesting credit at the time. Yeah. The, the monster is just a huge question mark. That's it. Mm-hmm. And I think this too, this is all part of building the suspense yeah, and totally. the excitement. Who's it going to be? What's he going to look like? And, right. and, like, now, and it, it wasn't like, it wasn't hiding the name necessarily because like we said, um, Boris Karloff wasn't, a huge name in Hollywood at the time. 
Yeah, he wasn't really known yet. He'd done a lot of theater. He had done a a ton of films essentially up to this point, but never big parts and never nothing that he was really known for. Um, that being said, he also wasn't necessarily uh, appreciated for the work that he did or for what he did here. Like he wasn't invited to the premiere of this movie. Really? Because oh my god, uh, I don't I don't exactly know why, but he was not invited. Huh. That's crazy. Wow. So yeah. I guarantee my main man Edward Van Sloan was though Doctor Waldman. He announced credit. he announced the premiere. I think his, <laughs> he said <laughs> he emceed it. Yeah. yeah, his credits right below the question mark, uh, and also like I have no idea. But back then, like, was the question mark there because people may have thought that that Bela Lugosi was still attached, and they were trying to keep people hooked. Like, oh, that's going to be Bela Lugosi. But I don't know. Maybe maybe everybody knew that he wasn't in it anymore. So that's a great question. Yeah. I have no idea. I'm just throwing all these out there. If any of our listeners know, you can let us know. Uh, hit me up personally on Twitter. Dudak Attack. Uh, Baron Frankenstein is Frederick Kerr. Oh, this is the one I want to talk about. Fritz. Wait, did you skip uh, our our boy Eddie Eddie V. I Sloan? Just talked to, I just talked. Oh. I just you were. Where, where were you? Okay. All right, come back okay, to sorry. us here. Okay. Where, I, I was just, still thinking about the question mark I and the spinning whole, eyes on the screen. I just did a whole thing about Edward Van Sloan. <laughs> I said, speaking of him, uh, and then Fritz is uh, Dwight. Fry. Mm-hmm. Fritz is, I didn't know this until recently. I thought it was, I, it is the Igor character. Yes. Or Igor or I, Igor, right? Igor. Yeah. It's Igor and Young Frankenstein. Isn't that right? I, I think so, right? <laughs> uh, Igor, I always thought was Fritz. I didn't know that they named him Fritz. Um, and that Igor is not even in the book, right? Right. Yeah. And so this is really pretty interesting, which is that the, when we think of the sort of hunchback sidekick in, in, whatever, any movie, any scientist, that was invented here. Yes. This was the start of that. Totally. Um, and yeah, Fritz didn't exist before this. That wasn't his name. I think Igor came around actually with Bela Lugosi in a different movie in the 40s. That's right. Is then when we made the shift to Igor. And like you said, it all got conflated kind of in our minds. And we think that Igor, I mean, the Monster Mash names Igor. And I always thought it was from, uh, I thought it was, thought yeah. it was from Frankenstein. The other thing actually that was, invented here is the big lab with all the test tubes and electricity. Ah, okay. This is also the first that that ever existed. Got it. So this movie really sets the groundwork the horror for film yeah. tone, stuff, so. stuff we still see yeah. in movies now. Tropes. That yeah. we assume Definitely. always was started right here. Right. Uh, a little side note, Fritz was my first dog. Cute. Yeah, but I had, had nothing to do with this movie. Just we, I named him Fritz for whatever reason. So because you knew Wait, you one named, day, I knew yeah. it all came full movie. circle. Yeah, uh, there's two credits left. The Wait, so did we mention that Dwight Fry was also in Dracula? I did in not, a, and also also in a similar role. It seems like a lot of these actors were kind of like cast in similar roles through. But it's he played Renfield, who was cast. like he's kind of like Dracula's. Uh, okay, what would you call him? I guess assistant, but yeah, he's almost like possessed, but. Or he's not know, quite a vampire, but him, yeah, like at the bottom of the ship with like the light and stuff. Yeah, did, did his bidding. Um, or- yeah. So Edward and and Dwight Fry are the only two that are in both of those movies. But I do think that there was a I don't want to call it typecasting or getting pigeonholed, but I think it's well, you did this role and you were great, and we've got a very similar let's one coming again. up. So mm-hmm. yeah, let's do it. And then the Birdo Master is Lionel Belmore, and Little Maria is uh, Marilyn Harris. Who's the Burgo Master in this movie? What's would do? You, we know what character that was. Uh, well, so I okay, birds are it. like cities or towns. Matt, it's probably like the mayor. So maybe whoever mm. was um, at the forefront of the torch 
carrying that's right. uh-huh. around. That's probably the Burgomaster. When they go to the barn or whatever. Yeah. Got it. I wonder why they picked the name Little Maria. Like, they don't... Do like, they was, it? was it necessary to have Little? Yeah, mean? exactly. Just like, yeah. She's little clearly Marie. very little. She's a child. <laughs> that's yeah. Not, yeah. Anyways, I don't they know. They probably had to specify, like, this is the true, child in true. the movie. Now you know who it yeah. is. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be funny if it was, like, a normal-sized Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> Still the spinning eyes, and but now the, the face, the face fades. Yep, and we still have the spinning eyes, and it's more of a black or dark background now. Piano. That's it, and that's, oh, it. that's it. That's it. Those we are the it. opening credits to Frankenstein. Wow, we made it through them. And thank God we don't have to watch the movie because Max would be out of here. He's so scared. Yeah, you wet. You have wet your pants. I see. Yeah, but I, that's, I typically see. do that at this point in the podcast. <laughs> that's anyway, true. you drank yourself <laughs> just too. out of yeah, <laughs> out of pure excitement. I think <laughs> I want to take a look, a quick look at the end credits, just because it's the only place where, like we said, there's only music there's more in the music, opening yeah. and the end credits. Let's just take a quick look at those. So it says, yeah. So, well, that's the thing. So the movie, I think the movie originally had ended with the monster being killed in the windmill and they decided it was too dark. So they had a a weird, like happy, happier ending that they kind of shot afterwards with uh, Frankenstein's father who he's like cheersing the house staff, I believe. And, Something like that, yeah. Yeah, and there's like there's a there's a shot in the background of Frankenstein and uh, May Clark, but it's not May Clark and Colin Clive in the background because they had already like gone home. <laughs> so like, I think they were in Europe. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, to get this like on. last shot, yeah, they just had like you know stunt Silhouettes, actors in the background. Yeah. yeah. Um, huh. But yeah, so it's it has a happier ending than it normally had. So I guess this music is kind of like it doesn't fit the windmill burning scene, but it fits kind of the. The new got ending it, that it. they added. Yeah. And it says the end in cursive and it says it's a universal picture in cursive and there's a there's a uh, photo of the globe. Right. The and the globe is uh, typically in the, the universal globe is upright or like late in the later years. So this one is kind of tilted. Oh. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Tilted like your mic when you just hammered it with I your hand. Yeah, see, I hit it too. I, didn't, I know. Yeah, I wouldn't notice it either. That's weird. This is what happens when you go down the rabbit hole. Yep, Online. this is what Credit Store is all about. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I also like that it's it's a universal picture. kind of reminds me of that episode of The Office where Dwight hangs the uh, banner up for Kelly's birthday and it just says, <laughs> It's it, your birthday. It is your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> this is, I mean, again, the it's a universal picture, all of that. It's just Carl branding his studio over and over. And we want you to know this is a universal picture because it's good. It's scary. We want you to watch all of the other universal pictures. Yep. I think, I mean, I guess branding is still obviously super important, but for movies back then, this was new. There weren't that many studios or companies. So it's like, we want you to know. Brand like Lemley. Mm-hmm. Like it. Is there any more after this? That's uh, it. That's okay. It. Just it. Okay, yeah, yeah, just a little bit of music. Nice. So that's it. Yeah. All we right. Well, those opening credits. It's time for the uh, the HLs and the LLs. The the highlights and lowlights. Yeah, our favorite moments of the the credits. Our least favorite moments. Mm-hmm. I, I should I should I no? You know what? Let's let let's let you start. You're you're our guest Ooh, of honor. This is a lot of pressure. Rude of me to just do your highlight first, and so we'll go around. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I think my favorite moment. Uh, so the the cheap answer would be I really like when he says you know oh Carl Emily you yeah. know that at the beginning uh, <laughs> Mr. Carl Emily feels 
Um, but I really like where, you know, it's like, it'll thrill you, it'll shock you, it may even horrify you. That line, yeah. It is just, it's fun, it's exciting. I could see how it would be a little scary, so that's my favorite part. I love it, too. I'm going to take that part, and I'm just going to, sp- like, just focus only on the horrify when he says horrify you, which I wish I could say, and I'm horrify. so mad I can't. It might even horrify you. <laughs> Like You're a pur- so close. Like, I know. Like L- a purring L- cat. Horrible. <laughs> can't do it. But yeah, that's my favorite too. Um, I, m- mine is either d- between, I love that music, like I said, when James Whale's name pops up. I like the little the, change. The ominous drop yeah, there. Or yeah. I just, I, I love the fact that the monster's credit doesn't, it just has a question it's mark. A big, one big it. question mark. Yeah. It is cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's your low level? Come back around this way. Just that it's kind of hard to understand what the images in the background are. Okay. I've, I've I struggled, I struggled. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I, I could see that. It's a little confusing, a little misleading, I guess. Uh, but I think they're kind of cool or creepy. So uh, mine is I'm probably going to steal this from you, but I don't like the 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 woman the the misogyny. You don't like the woman? You don't like the one woman <laughs> that appears like in the me, crowd? Me go back. Yeah, sounds like you would like the misogyny. <laughs> let me go back. I don't like, the, I don't like the, the, the plight of the woman in these credits. The, the, the misogyny. The Mrs. Percy B. Shelley. I was confused, actually, when I first saw it. I was like the idiots back then that thought that, that the die wrote it. I was like, wait a minute. I thought it's Mary Shelley. So I was confused by it. I didn't like it one bit. Yeah, you did steal my low. I, I figured I would. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm I, never coming back. <laughs> I apologize. That's why I was like, "Come back to me first. Come back to me. <laughs> yeah. Just say that. Uh, so we we agree on that low light. It, yeah. it sucks. That that part sucks. And I don't have any other low lights because it's all good after that. When it, when it ends is another. Low oh light. yes, when of it's course. Over. Yeah, you just want some more, some more opening credits. You just never wanted to get to the movie. More Eddie V. I want some more Eddie <laughs> V. Sloan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on out and talk to me some more, buddy. Uh, so what's our next part? I think you know what the next part is, Gary. Is it, would these opening credits be better with a lion? Yeah, just leave. Don't, Gary, you, <laughs> every damn time, every damn time, he's got to add his own little sound effect, even though I want to. It's better. It's like my, you don't my, listen to these episodes at all. Mine's better. I, I don't. Now, yeah, is, I the, don't. is the answer to this question always yes? Um, Has there ever been a no? We had a no on our last episode, actually. Yeah, but it wasn't me, though. It was, yeah, or it, no. wasn't, it wasn't us. Never yeah, us. Yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. no. We love the line. The guests sometimes like to give a little pushback, but we usually convince them that it, they would be better with a line. Yeah. And I'm going to go ahead and say that these would be better with a line, but I'm not going to tell you where. I'll, okay. let you, I'll let you guys go first. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I definitely think they would be better with line. And should, where, am I going to say yeah, where? Yeah, where would okay. you put your line? I would put the line... Um, in the images in the background, so I know exactly what the images are in the background. So, I'm like, oh, that's a lion. Okay. I get it. <laughs> I don't know what those Finally, eyes yeah. and claws are, but that's a lion. That's for sure. a, that's clearly a lion with laser eyes. Do you think that there would be confusion that it's an MGM picture and not a Universal Ooh, picture? That's a good point. Yeah, Ooh, yeah. I don't know if the Lemleys would have so, liked to put a lion in the credits because yeah, maybe of MGM. it would have caused more confusion than actually clearing up what the images are. You'd be like, wait, I thought I was in a Universal picture, but now I think I might be in an MGM picture. <laughs> the audience is like, I'd be so this. confused. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I thought I was here for. I Universal. gotta go. I don't know what kind of quality this is going to be. And they're out. <laughs> okay, where, where's your lion, Antonia? So yeah, well, or, so, sorry. Would they be better with a lion? Of course, you have to ask first. Um, <laughs> So I was going to say, if they wanted to put a lion in, they could have, because Universal for a long time had the largest zoo on the oh, West Coast, or like, oh. a, I think the side of the Mississippi, basically. Hmm. 
um, which they did pretty soon after sound films came in, then they got rid of because it would ruin shots if the lions would roar or whatever. So if they did decide to put one of their lions in a movie, I think I would like it right after the like, we warned you. And then the lion comes out, mauls the audience. It's chaos everywhere. People <laughs> Your running. screams. Yeah. Scariest movie you've ever seen. Wow. <laughs> Love it. Wow. That, puts, Love it. that beats mine. Mine was just going to be very simple when, when EVS, the Sloanster comes out and starts talking Another lion, or not another, a lion comes out the other side of the curtain and joins him like a, like his little uh, pet, like his little carnival pet, kind of yeah. like where yeah. this where this segment started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Our Adam's yep. family episode, exactly. Yeah. So I I think we are all consensus better with a lion, lion. definitely. Okay. Definitely. Before we get to some a couple of treats I have for you guys, and before we score these credits, I just wanted to go through some of the uh, current monster movie. Status universal because it's been kind yes. of all over the place with their their new monster franchise. Right, so they announced the Dark Universe, um, which started with Tom Cruise and the Mummy, mm-hmm. and that was a big bomb. Yes. apparently because of that because of that trailer where they took the music out. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> totally right. ruined it. So they had to kind of like go back and regroup after already announcing the Dark Universe with all these big actors. I think it was um, Russell Crowe. Uh, he's big, all right. Yeah, like Benicio del Toro. Yeah, Benicio del Toro. Javier Bardem. Yeah, no, Benicio del Toro was, was in a version of the Wolf. He did yeah. what? Yeah. Yeah. Early yeah. on, yeah. Uh, Javier Bardem. Um, so they had to kind of like, I guess, go back and regroup, and they're still kind of doing that. But I think they've given reign to uh, Jason Blum from Blumhouse, ah. which is like, you know, he's amazing, and I just that com- a Blum, company's amazing. A Blumhouse movie. I really like almost everything that they do yeah they're very very oh it was cam i think cam oh cam's great yeah yeah Yeah. cam was a weird movie but yeah so i think so this movie there's a movie coming out next week invisible we're recording the invisible man is that considered the do you know if it's considered? so i as far as i know currently it's a standalone film separate from the dark universe which actually encourages me that makes me very Happy. I think that the mummy was kind of trash. Um, <laughs> right. I was very. I'm. I was a little bit disappointed, even as they announced sort of the actors that they announced and sort of the universe in general. I think that they were like, "Oh, here's an easy win. We'll just put a actor that we know is bankable. We'll call it a universe. We'll connect through Jekyll and Hyde, which I think was the weirdest choice ever. Huh. And like, go, oh, and then we'll make all of this money instead of making good quality standalone films for people to like, and then." creating a through line later that there might be more forgiveness if, you know, it doesn't 1000% match up. Um, so the invisible man bloom house comes out Thursday, the 28th. Um, and I'm really excited for it. I think it's going to be good. I've yeah. already bought my ticket. Oh, wow. Wow. And that's, uh, who, it's Elizabeth Moss and who else is, uh, that? Lee Wannell's directing it. Okay. And he's great. Uh, uh from the saw. Yeah. The yeah original, yeah. original saw. Got um, it. Yeah. Not solve 7 3D or whatever. No, I mean, I'm sure he gets uh, a nice chunk of change <laughs> yeah. for that, but I don't think yeah. he was involved at that point. Um, and I think that there's not a whole lot of overlap between the original Invisible Man and this Invisible Man. I think that the name is the same. I think that the general theme of invisibility is the same, but I'm not sure that it's going to really be a remake of the original. Got it. I think that's a smart way to go, uh, go about I this. Agree. Creating, you know, whatever world they kind of want to create. I think trying to like... Taking what uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe did and trying to just kind of like recreate that with a whole other universe is just too difficult and it's got to happen more organically. And it feels like now they're kind of like regrouping. They're going to let these movies come out. Um, when are they remaking Hollow Man? 
wasn't that just the Invisible Man? Yeah. Was it was that Kevin Bacon that, movie? Yeah. Who's the, that was yeah, with a different name. Yeah, I think it was Kevin Bacon's. Right. Invis- so uh, his Invisible Man Schlong made an appearance in that movie. I remember that. Invisible Man Schlong. Yeah, there was like a part where like some water or something got thrown on, him and you could see. His, I well, need to see this movie. <laughs> Just look up Hollow Man Dick. Is that like a requirement in like Kevin Bacon contract? He's like, I've got to. Yeah, (laughs) you've got to have some. (laughs) Because I was in Wild Things too, I'm pretty sure. Yes. Not that I don't have it queued up Uh, on my phone here. Um, (laughs) So some of the other things, (laughs) some of the other uh, kind of monster movie rumors I've read about are there's a Dracula adjacent film based on that character we're talking about, Renfields. Oh, interesting. Paul Feig is uh, directing a Dark Army movie, okay. which is, I don't know, I don't, Dark Army's in that universe, but I don't know what it is specifically. Um, Elizabeth Banks is apparently on board to do The Invisible Woman. And then, oh. so there's been a, f- a couple names floated around to do to direct Bride of Frankenstein, and two of them are John Krasinski and Sam Raimi. Hmm, okay. I'm down. Yeah. I'm down with John Krasinski of Quiet place fame yeah i mean he's already proven he's great sam raimi's a little bit a different type of director but i could see either one of them pulling something interesting off with those those movies yeah Yeah, for sure i would be i there's a part of me that would love to see these movies come back about with new actors new directors with sort of upstarts and to be a little bit more experimental like Mm -hmm. these were so (coughs) sort of new and original and and experimental in themselves why not try to capture that spirit again yeah i agree yeah. and that's what One i think up. that's what i think blumhouse does well yes. like they do kind of give that freedom of creativity and kind of to, to less known names mm-hmm. just the opportunity to create these movies that yeah is it blumhouse or bloomhouse it's a know, good question i, is I it? say bloomhouse but everybody else in the world says blumhouse i, I say bloom too though i think or i I don't know. Okay. Now, now I can't remember what I say. It's I'm like gonna, soda and pop. I don't know which one I say. I'm going to stick with Blum. Okay. That's uh, fair. Two to one. That's okay. fine. I'll take it. All right. Is it treats time? It's treats time. Well, actually, one more thing about the universe is I'm I'm a huge theme park nerd, and they are creating Universal's new theme park in Orlando. There's going to be a whole world kind of that that's going to be for the classic for the monsters. monsters. Yeah. Oh, yeah. sweet. And yeah. I, love I think that. it's yeah. anything cool. that has the potential of getting a new generation invested in these old monsters, I'm into. Yeah. And there's like, there's very like basic artwork for it. And you can see like Dracula's castle is going to be like the main part of the, the theme park. I, I'm really excited for that. I know it's not going to be open for like another like yeah. I wanna 10 dr- years I or dress, so, but I want to dress Parker up as Bride of Frankenstein in a few years for Halloween. So not just, oh. not just for no reason. Oh, I was just, yeah, I was going to say, at least it's Halloween. <laughs> okay, let's get into these treats that I have for you. I only have a couple here. This first one is just, if you if you look online, a lot of people kind of, a lot of composers kind of recreate music for... Like their interpretation of right. what the music should be right. for so this Right, so this is a guy named Jay Tamo, and he did some music for, you know, kind of his interpretation for the Frankenstein okay. opening credits. A lot more modern. Modern, modern, modern. So we're seeing the the Carl Lemley screen now. Frankenstein presents. It seems like a sports movie to me. Yeah. Seems like an Olympics. I can hear a little bit of that. um, What 
is it the like dun, 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 is it psycho like that yeah, kind of oh, yeah. violin in the back but it's not it's too triumphant right, it's, it sounds like a yeah triumphant, it's too happy yeah 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 how many views this has died at uh about 1500 okay that seems yeah. about right let me see if anything that's a, that's better that part i like yeah i like this too that that is way more fitting i don't know seemed a little too triumphant for me all right so this next one i have for you <laughs> i love this so much <laughs> i'm so glad i found this it's called the frankenstein song okay okay and uh is i can't read this guy's you? name I, I wish <laughs> i wish i should have uh wrote the song um, the original tune yeah so it is a telling of the frankenstein tale set to the music of a whole new world from wow aladdin wow okay I put you on this world. <laughs> Wait. Why? Okay. First of all, why? <laughs> the imagery in the background, why did it include Monster University? Just because of monsters? monsters? That's yeah, it? Come on, Gary. I know, but that's it? Is come it? on. Maybe the Disney connection, too? I don't okay. know. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> Wait, the Disney connection? The uh, Whole New World. Oh. So he was like, okay, yeah, okay, it's a little okay. nod to Disney okay. there. So he was singing, I put you on this world in my lab in college. Sorry. Tell me, creature, <laughs> now when did you change into this monster? <laughs> I opened your eyes with the electricity inside. All right, hit pause. First of all, is this guy serious is my first question. Look, do so you think this is... And also, the words aren't even matching up with the music. He, they're going off the screen. I can't even. I can't even. You're sing. not. You're not a fan of the captioning. I can't the captioning. I can't. <laughs> you're sing upset al- about Monsters University and the captioning. I can't sing along. Not the song. It's can't. all just a little on the nose. <laughs> yeah. Electricity. <laughs> I don't know. And science. First of all, this has 37 views. Okay. Um, let's give him a little boost. <laughs> yeah, I, I want this guy to have more actually. But I don't know that he's taken it super seriously because earlier on, it's a shot of him oh, and okay, he is dressed okay. in a tuxedo in his okay. bedroom all playing right. on keyboard. It's so. Maybe this is like a school project How, uh, he looks, like a book report but oh my god he if, he, if he played this it. for his class i feel so bad he looks for him. a little old for a book <laughs> no, report but maybe nerdy not is cool now what's cool <laughs> true, is nerdy. true yeah this go, kid go, is cleaning up <laughs> go a little further to the heaven and hell part that was coming up there okay they, let me see if i can find where we were here right about there yeah with the electricity <laughs> and science from heaven or hell into this world in my lab and start a whole new life. <laughs> a whole new life. I love it. And I think it's mostly... I could use a whole new life. Yeah, oh could, my we Lord. all could. Especially after With that this. song playing, actually, I want to have my new life. Man, that's good. That's it. What's this guy's name who wrote Frankenstein's song? Do we actually name him? Hyron Bags. All right. It looks like right. Some, something job, like that. Hyren. Yeah. I mean, we post all of these clips on creditscorepodcast.com. In our notes. Watch this thing in its entirety. Yeah. Uh, watch <laughs> it numerous times. Let's get him up from 37 views. I think he put his whole heart into it. 37,000, please. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so that's all I have for you guys. Okay. Now is the time where we score these credits. We do. That's the, that's name, the name of, the of this game. podcast. Yes, it is. Wow. Yes. What a coincidence. We give them a score on a one to 10 key grip scale. Yeah, we score on key grips. Antonio, uh, you've listened to a few episodes, so you know that we don't know what a key grip is or key grips are. I, they, I'm not going to spoil that for you. Thank okay. you. Thank Were there you. key grips that. in 1931? Probably or, not. Or no. Okay. <laughs> 
You know, it might, it might tell you what a key grip is if I tell you if they... Yeah, if that's, they, true. that's true. Yeah, yeah. You're the expert. Fingers we don't, in my ears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we don't want to know. We don't want to know. Let's use them for scoring. But it's pretty simple. One through 10 key grips. Uh, we will let you go first. Wait, I would let... When you guys give your key grips, are you usually pretty generous? Or are you pretty... I'm a little more generous than Gary. Yeah, I'm I'd a, say. I've only given one ten out of forty. I think this is our forty ninth episode. I've only given one ten. I've given quite a few nines and nine point fives, but uh, I, I'd say we're still both pretty generous, though. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, sure. We only have a couple that are like in the fours and fives. Yeah, we were just talking that we've got to do one that gets. You know, yeah, we need to a have really a really, really bad, yeah, really bad credit. Yeah, we've had a lot of good classics lately, mm-hmm. so I'd say we're we're pretty generous. Yeah, okay. yeah, okay. A little nitpicky, but generous. So don't, but don't feel, you, this is your, this is all you, you know, mm-hmm. these tea drips are, this tea drip scale is open for interpretation. Of so course, it's all, of course. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm going to resist to give the, you know, the urge to give a 10 because um, I'm going to minus one full point for Ooh. the Mrs. Ah. Percy B. Yes. Shelley. Yes. I will uh-huh. never, ever get over that. Mm-hmm. Um, and only half a point. So I love all the psychedelic stuff. I love... Um, you know, the way that it sort of moves in the background, but I wish it were a little more relevant to the movie that we were about to see. And I think that, I think that that alone could have, you know, given it a nine and a half, but so I'm going to give it an eight and a half. Uh, but I do, I really love these credits. I think it's so original. I think it's so on brand. I love what it brings to the table for the genre and for universal eight and a half key grips. Perfect. I like it. Wonderful. Do you want to go next? Yeah. I love, love, love the intro so much. I love the music. Mm-hmm. I think it still holds up pretty well. Uh, I love how classic the music is too. I would give it a. I'm not too far below you. I'm going to give it an eight key grips. There, that's yeah. A, yeah, that's good. I can't disagree the, with the, anything. Do you have anything else? Well, Sorry, I was just going to say like the, the images yeah. too. Like, yeah, I've already explained my frustration with the images and the confusion there. But yeah. My problem with the images wasn't so much that it, they're they're creepy. I think that they could have done more. I think they could have like had a couple more cuts where instead of just the spinning eyes the whole time, they could have had a, something else. Like there's one more thing that makes it a little bit more because like the spinning eyes go on forever and ever. So I just wonder technologically could yes. they? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I realize this is the guy, the person, the person who had yeah. to like splice the film together by hand yeah. and c- is yeah. rolling over in their like grave. Each, each <laughs> yes. eyeball individually on each cell. <laughs> They're working hard. He's like, you, f- you future son of a bitch. <laughs> and uh, also, you know, the, the, the Mrs. Percy B. Shelley thing, I'm with uh, Antonio on that. So I'm going to steal a page out of Max's book last week, and I'm going to give this an 8.25. Split the difference between wow. you two. Nice. For all those reasons, which makes it very easy for a final tally. Because that is the middle, and the final credit score score for Frankenstein's opening credits is 8.25 key grips. I love it. And so is that like the leg of a key grip? Or yeah, a- probably. Uh, whatever. I mean, I don't know what a key grip is. Yeah, it doesn't so mean, yeah, it we don't be know. anything, yeah. but it's a one quarter of a key grip. A yeah, key grip is sure. like a question mark, yeah. like the monster in this movie. That's right. It that, really to, is. To us, yeah. key grip, dot, 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 uh-huh. question mark. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So thank you so much for joining us. Um, it was very nice of you to come and lend your expertise. I feel like we are in the company of uh, Hollywood royalty. It's very awesome. It's very cool. And uh, do you have anything else you want to say to our, our fans? Anything Please to- promote away again. Yeah. We want we want everyone the to go check you out. So yeah, yeah. Um, well, first, thank you guys so much for having me. This was thank so you, much fun. Um, yeah, just check out my YouTube series, youtube.com slash Antonia Carlotta. It's called Universally Me, and I talk all about the history of my family and Universal. 
I'm also currently in the documentary Carl Lemley, which is touring at film festivals um, around the world, really. But I know that we've got screenings coming up in um, Santa Barbara and Arizona. That's Um, awesome. And yeah, so you can go to carllemleyfilm.com to find out where it's playing and uh, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Antonia Carlotta. Nice. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you guys again so much. Of course. Of course. We love having you on. Gary. If people, do people want to follow you? Probably not. I don't not. know if they do. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I have a cute daughter. Well, if you're going to dress her up like the Bride of Frankenstein on a regular basis, I think they should check out your Instagram, right? <laughs> yeah. GC Dudak on Instagram. Uh, you can follow me there. I post cute videos of my little girl, sometimes of me, um, and Dudak Attack on Twitter. That's it. And then obviously we're Credit Score on Twitter. Twitter. Credit Score on Twitter, Credit yeah. Score Podcast on Instagram. And you can email me. I I answer every email. Creditstorepodcast at gmail.com. He's never been in the email. As soon ever. as Max gives me the password, I promise to start He's, responding. You're not going to get the password <laughs> ever. I refuse to let you have that. Hey, anyway, we have done some good emails though recently. Some good yeah. suggestions, and we're going to work on. Yeah, keep yeah. them coming. We yeah. love them. Yeah, and also please, please leave us reviews. Uh, five yeah. stars only. They help us out a lot. Yeah, five um, stars. Four point nine. Is that yeah. is that possible? I would take that. I would take a four point. No, this isn't. No, this isn't five. like you okay, giving. Don't sell yeah. yourself yeah. short. Yeah, this isn't like you I'm giving an eight point two five to like. <laughs> I'm this just was to... a five star podcast, if you ask me. Oh, Thank this you. one yes. especially yes. is a five star. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. But you know, there was a four point nine there a couple weeks ago when it was maybe like seven well, weeks I, ago. If I knew that, I might not have shown. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't tell people that. Cut Gary. this out. Only cut five. This all out. It's, it's Only all five cut stars. out. Yeah. yeah. Um, you can did. follow me on Instagram. I'm ruin underscore my underscore week, and on Twitter, ruin my week. And hey. Biscuit was missing today. Yes. Uh, my dog Biscuit, who makes an appearance on the podcast every single week. Yeah. He's at the vet. Prayers um, up for Biscuit, everybody. I think he's going to be okay, but Prayers he's with up. his mom at the vet. Not his actual mom, by the way. It's his not like, human mom. Yeah, like his yeah. like his dog mom didn't come and like take him to the vet. <laughs> She's like, Biscuit's yeah. sick? Yeah. With my girlfriend, Skylar. He's, yeah. But but you can follow him on Instagram. It's at It's Biscuit's World. He's, uh, we love him. He's We're a very, good doggy. Very upset yeah. he wasn't here today. Yeah, but good, good boy. What's coming up next, Gary? Uh, we are our fiftieth episode is coming up. So, so we're everyone celebrate. tune in. Yes, we have we're gonna be doing some celebration. Uh, I might wear sleeves. Probably not, but I might. You know, we should know. wear tuxedos <laughs> for that. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that. Yeah. yeah. And bring champagne and stuff yeah, like that. Oh, yeah, that sounds good. The the possibilities are endless for yeah, our 50th. We're not episode. gonna say which uh, credits we're doing, but it'll be a big one. But yes, come back and listen to us and uh, that's it. I think yeah. the last thing I was gonna say is that um, I always think of the monster mash when I huh. uh, when I think of Frankenstein. So maybe you have a little monster mash music to take us out, huh? What do you say about that? I am with you. Did you cue it up? I didn't. Let me pull it up. Oh, you son of... I, I had one request. <laughs> I know. I had one request, along with you supplying us donuts, was to play the Monster Mash. Monster Mash is coming up. And <laughs> I think I read that a Monster Mash movie is in the works, too. I oh, think that's. Yeah. I think it's universal, also. That, I don't know. I'm so excited. Yes. Yeah. The details yes. are tight-lipped, apparently, but it's based on the song. Who's going to do the Transylvania twist? I would like to submit myself to play a monster in yes. the Monster Mash movie at Universal. <laughs> please. Please. Any monster. I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll vouch for you. Thank definitely. you. I was working in the lab late one night when my eyes beheld an eerie sight. It reminds me of that Simpsons episode where they just kept playing it. And suddenly, better lyrics: this or the uh, whole new world's Frankenstein <laughs> song. The monster match. It was a graveyard smash. He did the match. It caught on in a flash. He did.